You're listening to Filmmaking Reviews Podcast, an interview with, with me, Catherine Tosco, editor of filmmakingreview.com. if you could tell me about yourself and how you got into filmmaking. Um, well, I've made two shorts. Um, physics is my second one. Um, so I haven't been at it that long, but um, I studied English literature at, up, at, up in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. and um, there, But I sort of always knew I wanted to work in film. And as soon as I left, I started working for a commercials company and then worked on set assisting the directors on a couple of features. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sort of getting closer and closer to it. And then I, um, for the last four years, I've been working freelance um, in script development. Right, um, okay. So, yeah, I was sort of, yeah, and then started writing myself and directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's exciting. You've managed to win quite a lot of funding and won some awards. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, the f- my first film I made myself... Uh, well, next to nothing. I mean, it doesn't sound next to nothing. It was like two grand, but in, as filmmaking goes, that's next to nothing. Um, and then physics, we got funding from Film London, um, who are a really great organisation, and um, they run this borough scheme where if you live in London, you can apply through your borough. Um, and uh, now I've just found out I've got on the Collaborate scheme where they give you 10 grand to make a film, so I'll be doing one later this year as well. Fantastic. Do you think um, funding's become more difficult in the UK? Or do you, do you find it quite easy to find ways into it? No, it is really hard. There's, I mean, I don't know about outside London, but certainly in London, like that Film London one and The Collaborator, really the only two around. They did do one this year called Lighthouse, um, which was run by the BFI. And that's for filmmakers who are about to sort of move on to features. So they get 50 grand. Um, to make a short, which is a really nice scheme, but they're not running that this year. Um, so it's tricky. I mean, there's there's not that much money around, and I think there's a certain expectation for people to just to go out and do it themselves, um, which is possible, but um, the results are often not that great. Yeah, because you're working on a smaller budget and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I think even on these schemes, just having the support of the people around you is really useful, and um, they often help you develop your script. And um, you know, the amount of time you spend doing everything really helps the end product. Yes, and, and do you think the 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 script development um, is easier when you've got that kind of funding or do you find that you are pressurized into doing things a certain way how have you found that funding process for the development um no it's been really good i mean um on uh, with physics i got paired up with a brilliant woman called cynthia de souza who used to work at the bfi and now works at archer's mark which is a small production company um but she was really good and really encouraging and um wanted me to take lots of risks and 
was just really good on script. Um, so it was really nice to have her support and know on the collaborate. I just had a sort of workshop day yesterday and we had sessions with a brilliant guy called Paul Welsh. Um, and we've all been paired up with tutors who um, seem to be very free and um, they're not trying to, um, you know, force you into making boring decisions or, um, you know, for everybody's film to be structured exactly the same way or anything like that. Um, in my experience, it's, it's just been good. Do you think that um, there's a bit of a revolution going on at the moment for sort of no film school uh, filmmakers? Um, what, what do you think your experience is of... You, you didn't go to film school, so do you think that... Um, that has been a sort of freeing path it's been uh, or or do you think that um you could have benefited from that or what's been your experience of that yeah i mean i don't i've not felt so far that i've ever been um disadvantaged by not going um but i've been quite lucky in that i learned a lot working on set assisting the director um on well sort of two and a half features um because one of them i came on board quite late but um so i picked up a lot of stuff literally just watching um and speaking to people and learning um and i think and on both my shorts i've worked um with a really good crew who are have been a little bit more experienced than me in some cases a lot more experienced than me and so that's been really helpful and i've learned a lot that way yeah um the where i sort of think I fall down is on film theory and knowing about sort of grammar and um there's so many films I haven't watched where everybody who's been to films was like oh my god I can't believe you haven't seen this film yeah um yeah. and I mean but they're all things that if I have the in inclination and time I can just go and read and watch and and learn that way um but no, I don't know. And I think I think one of the things film school does give you is a really good network of um, friends who are all doing the same sorts of thing as you. Yeah. Um, which I've had to build up a lot more slowly. Yeah. Um, but because I have been working in the industry, that's um, you know I have managed to do that. But I think people who who come from outside the industry it's, and who haven't been to film school. It's, it probably just takes a long time. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was being a woman filmmaker because um, personally I don't like being niched because I'm a woman. You know, they have women film festivals. Um, mm. How do you feel about that in, uh, in general, about being a woman director? Um, I like the fact that there does seem to be a lot of support out there. Like, people are aware that on the whole um, the film industry is very male-heavy. Um, so there seems to be a lot of support and people are actively looking for women writers and directors, mm. um, which is nice. Um, but I think alongside that, um, what makes things a little bit trickier is that they're still not quite looking for or allowing for the types of projects um, or voices that women, some women have. Um, because, I mean... I don't know, it's a bit of a, a sort of tricky um, issue, but I think certainly with my projects, um, the themes are quite female-led. Um, it's quite emotional. It's not particularly sort of moralistic themes or um, social themes. It's kind of quite internal and emotional, which tends 
I've seen in my audiences to appeal more to women than it does to men. Um, and yet uh, I still find um, a little bit of resistance over making stuff like that. Mm. Um, so it, although people are encouraging me to make films and write, they're not necessarily encouraging me to do what the things I want to be doing and writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can probably say that on a larger scale as well. Like, um, you know, Catherine Bigelow won the Oscar, but for a film that is a very, you know, male film, it's it's about war and um, just structurally and everything, I think it it feels quite masculine. Um, so I don't know, I think there's there's a way to go, but I don't know, I, I certainly have nothing against all the film festivals that are for women and the support out there. Um, I just think probably men need to watch more films that they don't know about women. <laughs> this is true, probably, yeah. <laughs> okay, so should we talk about physics a little bit? Because um, that's what I watched last night. And um, I, I just wanted to firstly talk about the auditioning process and how you found Jodie Bastow and Maisie Hopkins because they're just amazing child actors. How did you mm. come across them? Um, they were really great. They were fantastic and really good fun to work with. Um, we had a really good casting director called Olivia Scott Webb. Um, she's a young casting director, but works often with Lucy Bevan, who's at the top mm-hmm. of her game. Um, and Livy just like searched high and low for those girls. Um, I think she saw like 50 or 60 children, um, and whistled them down and, um, in our final sort of casting, we brought two girls in in pairs together to see how the chemistry between them was working. Hmm. Um, and these two are my top two choices, and they just got on so well, which was a joy to see. Yeah. Um, and just within seconds, we're, like, quipping at each other and, um, you know, we're behaving as if they'd known each other their whole lives when they'd only just met. Um, so we, I think we got, we got very lucky um, and... Uh, yeah, they were just brilliant to have on set. And their parents were very nice as well, which always helps. Yeah, sure. Because um, it's quite a demanding shoot for a child, that script, isn't it? It's quite emotional and um, heavy. Yeah, yeah Jodie got very tired, actually. Um, and on the last day when we'd finished shooting um, and she she was sort of wrapped, um, it was the evening and we were out on the beach and someone came along and said that they'd found a beached seal further down the beach. So we went and looked at it and um, we got quite close. And the moment she got quite close, she just burst into tears. And she's a very strong kid. Like, Mm. I think, um, you know, she obviously felt sorry for the animal, but I think also the whole four days of of everything had just, you know, up until that point, she'd kept it all hidden. And and at that point, she could just let go. Um, So... Um, yeah, it was probably a release she needed, to be honest, but she worked so hard. You must tell us about the location, because it's absolutely amazing where you, where you filmed. Yeah, we shot um, all of the beach stuff and the power station stuff is up in Sizewell in Suffolk, mm. um, where you've got this huge power station, which is bang in the middle of a nature reserve. So there's all this pristine landscape, like marshes and beach, um, surrounding this kind of huge great well monstrosity i guess but uh it's kind of eerily beautiful in a way um and at night which we didn't we didn't have the chance to film at light but it it lights up and um so it looks really spectacular 
Um, and I'd been there a couple of times before and really was... I mean, actually, the whole film came out of the locations, to be honest. The other one was down in Jaywick in Essex. Mm. And I'd been to both of these places, and they're both quite bizarre, um, unsettling places. And so I knew I wanted to set a film there. Perhaps because um, we're, we're um, going to be podcasting to an international audience, um, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about Jaywick and Sizewell because they're quite notorious in English history, aren't they? Yeah, Jaywick is um, out on the East Coast um, and it's supposedly Britain's most deprived town. They've got the highest unemployment rates um, and violence and it's it's quite a rough place, but it's very small. Um, they've got this row of houses along the beach and it's almost lawless there it's kind of strange um the community is um they educate a lot of their children themselves they don't really trust the outside world yeah and Um, it's sinking into the sea isn't it gradually it's kind of a big swampy area um yeah yeah. and particularly up the coast um up where we were at sizewell um there's big coastal erosion going on up there and just there's a little town called dunwich just above the power station where half of the town has fallen into the sea mm. um, and that's all that's left is it's about three houses. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of Edgeland areas um, that I suppose are at risk and uh, the people who live there, um, it's generally not by choice. Um, so you get kind of strange communities that are surviving in these places that nobody else really goes to so that um, really brings us around to the story of physics perhaps you could just tell us a little about a bit about how you developed the story and what physics is about uh it's about a a young girl whose mother is dying and she doesn't know how to deal with it and she lives in this town by this huge nuclear power station and is blaming the power station for her her mother's illness um and uh sort of to cope with this, she buries herself in physics and the love for science. Um, and while she's out on the beach one day, she thinks she finds the god particle uh, with a friend of hers. And uh, they they think that it might be able to solve all of their problems uh, because the god particle is is is, this, is something that will in, from that she reads in her book will resolve the world's inconsistencies. Um, so it's a story about hope, really. But I suppose then if we're talking about that part of the of the story about them finding the God particle, we should talk about Matt King and how you got him on board and, and how he interacted with the girls and that. Yeah, I was so happy when Matt King came on board. I think mm. he's really brilliant. Um, and he plays um, the little girl, um, Sandy's uncle, and he's kind of a weird guy and lives in this strange sort of little shack by himself Um and is somewhere between a sort of hippie and um, sort of strange beach coma, but he loves football and um, he uh, we we really wanted somebody who was going to be very kind and trustworthy because we were aware, especially with two little girls, because they're only nine years old. Mm. Um, not that we didn't definitely didn't want anybody that could ever be seen as creepy in any way. Yeah, sure. Um, and Matt was just perfect. Um, and he really brought out the kids' performances, actually. He was so good with them and very calm. And whenever they were with him, they sort of upped their game quite a lot. 
Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which was really, really nice to see. Yeah, um, I think he's a really understated actor. He doesn't get enough credit, I think. <laughs> you mm. know, people just go, oh, super hands, peep show. But he's been in a lot more more things than that, and he's got a real repertoire, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he um, he started out as a stand-up comic mm. um, in Australia for about 10 years, and if you look, you can see his stuff on YouTube, and it's yeah. really brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he writes a lot, so um, I think this is the first acting thing he's done for a couple of years, mm. apart from in his own stuff. Yeah. Because um, he spent a lot of time writing. I think he did Starlings mm. and Whites in the last couple of years, which were both on Sky yeah. um, series. And, um, yeah, uh, he, he was just good fun, very nice, humble guy. Um, he's quite a self-conscious actor, which I really liked, and we used yeah. quite a lot in physics. Um, it, perhaps we could just um, finish up talking a bit about the technical side of the film as well, because a lot of our listeners will be um, filmmakers. Um, what I really liked about the the texture of your film was um, the lenses and the the colours and and how you got that that effect of it's almost soft, but it's kind of vibrating as well at the beginning when you've got the close ups and mm. all of that. What what equipment did you use to get all those different techniques? Um, well, we shot it on a red, with a red camera, um, partly because we wanted to have that flexibility with the kids to just shoot and shoot and shoot. Mm. Um, but I very much wanted a filmic look, so we used these old 70s lenses mm. uh, that were used in The Godfather. Ah. And uh, so the two together gave that... that and they're, they're sort of anamorphic lenses, which um, helped sort of bring up the kind of cinematic quality of it especially with those landscapes. Yeah. Um, it was, um, yeah, so I was really, really pleased with how it looked and we kept the palette really natural. Um, it's all quite atonal almost in parts. Um, yeah. And, yeah, in the grade we were quite conscious of keeping that because the red camera gives a certain amount of sort of sludgy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look to things, which um, we kept a lot of. Uh, I think often people get rid of that, but but we wanted to keep it there. If if people want to see this film, how how can they see it? Um, well, it's play it's playing at festivals um, around. So um, p- people should. I mean, we've got a website and we update um, with all the places it's playing. So um, it's about to play in Toronto and Bermuda and in Korea, um, wow. and I think it'll continue playing in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we'll get a US premiere and a European premiere um, soon as well. We're just Brilliant. being a bit cautious about where we send it for that. Sure. Um, yeah. But uh, you can watch it online as well. We're not really allowed to publish it online because we're still entering it to festivals, but sure. um, people are welcome to get in touch and I can send them a password. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, in that case, um, under this podcast, I'm going to be printing your details anyway, so um, our listeners can get in touch with you. Well, Claire, I wish you all the best. I think you've made a phenomenal piece of work, and I really think you've uh, got a great future ahead of you in filmmaking. Oh, thank you.